Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. Thank you so much for joining me. My heart is full and I am so overwhelmed with gratitude. As this Christmas season is among us and we think about ways that we can light somebody else's world, I think about all of the years that I truly have been blessed by you. Someone just like you who've come into my life and who've changed the way my day has gone or changed my week or my year or my life. Nearly 18 years ago, I gave birth to a set of twin little girls. Christmas Eve was never Christmas Eve again as that became the birthday of our twin daughters. Can you imagine on Christmas morning the excitement that we had that our gift that year was these two baby girls? Well, overwhelmed did not even suffice, to say the least. And after I brought those babies home, and eventually, a few days later, my husband had to go back to work, and my mom went back to California, and I'm sitting there on the couch feeling grossly overwhelmed. And did I mention that just 10 days prior to having these babies that I, we had just moved into a new home? And still feeling like we hadn't put everything away and and feeling so bogged down by these twin daughters and three older children, ages 10, five, and four, and having to get them out the door to to school and to, to preschool. I didn't know anybody in the neighborhood to ask them to take my daughters to my son and daughter to school. And unfortunately, the preschool was just across the street. But after I got everybody shuttled out the door, I went and sat on the couch and looked at these two babies in their car seats and I just felt so overwhelmed. And I began to sob. I put my head into my hands and I cried and cried. All of a sudden I got a phone call and I answered it and it was my neighbor. I didn't know her very well, but she asked me if there was something she could do to help me. And I, of course I said, no, I'm okay, as we all do. And she said, no, really, I I want to come over and help. And I didn't know her and she didn't know me, but she was insistent. And so I said, okay. And she came over. That was the beginning of one of my most beautiful friendships in my life. She began to sweep my floor and then she began to mop it. And as much as I begged her to to stop, she begged me to let her just mop. And did I mention that she worked graveyard? And when she came home from graveyard, she called me, felt the prompting to call me. Oftentimes she would just hold those babies and just let me jump in the shower. And that was always very, very needed. She came over several mornings during the week before she went home and slept and then got up and got ready and went to work graveyard and then would come over the next day. She did that for a couple of years, six months, Later, when the twins were six months, I found out I was pregnant with, with 
Georgie, our baby number six, and that was a new kind of overwhelming, a shock even. There were some people that would say to me, even ward members, oh my gosh, you are pregnant. Do you not know how to prevent these things? It was so disheartening when I would receive those, those comments and I, it taught me to have more compassion and more empathy towards somebody else in any other kind of situation that might be difficult for them. But that person could have gone all day without saying something like that. But those kinds of things were the comments that I would receive and it was shattering. But not Pammy. She continued to come over and we called her Pammy. That was what we affectionately called her. Her name was Pam. And we loved her so much. My girls loved her. And I, and I see her on occasion. We've both since moved away. I see her on occasion. And when we do, it's a joyous and tearful reunion. Because now my girls are going to be 18 on Christmas Eve. And I cannot believe it's been that long ago. But I will forever be grateful for Pammy. Other people that came into my life were heroes to me. Someone else that was an incredible hero to me at that time was my own daughter. She was 10, nearly 11 when the twins were born. And then we had baby number six. 14 months later, she was my right arm. Oftentimes she would decline invitations to go hang out or she would cancel her plans because she could see how much need her mother had. This happened a lot. She would often stay home to help me or she recognized that her dad and I needed to just go on a date and often our date was to go to Walmart and pick up diapers but it was a chance for me to get out of the house. After all, we went from three to six kids in 14 months. I'm so grateful for the love and the charity that she offered me. I'm reflecting upon Moroni in the Come Follow Me program, chapter seven, where it talks about charity. And of course, two conference talks that, again, highlight, underline, and have listened to it time and time again. They're so beautiful. One is by Jean R. Cook, Charity, Perfect and Everlasting Love, April 2002. And the other is by our beloved former prophet, President Thomas S. Monson from 2010, Charity Never Faileth. Elder Cook said, is not the common thread in these sisters, charity, a selflessness, and not seeking for anything in return, he uses his own examples of the sisters who exhibited charity, but I have my own examples and I wanted to share with you. Pammy and my sweet daughter, Brittany Lee, who all my children affectionately call Dee Dee. When I would come home feeling relieved and refreshed that all was well and I had a good time away from the kids and that's because my daughter gave that time away to me. I would find her sleeping on the couch, exhausted from caring for her little sisters and her little brother. 
And I remember oftentimes as I looked at her sleeping face, I would say a little prayer to Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, please bless her that she will one day have all the help that she could ever need. Well, here we are, 18 years later, and she has her own set of twins. And the greatest thing that we could ever do for her is to love her back and to love those babies back, just as much as she has always loved her sisters and her dad and me. The Relief Society president called her and said, come over to my house. So she went over there and she walked into the house and in the family room were toys and clothing and gift cards to completely cover them for Christmas. Little did her Relief Society president know that just prior to that phone call, she was worried about Christmas. Her husband has to work and we happen to be going out of town. So she's going to be left alone and she just started a new job and she's trying to juggle her babies and her two older children and her husband working, trying to make it all come together. In the meantime, she was worried about Christmas. Those phone calls can be miracles. A phone call from Pammy asking if she could come over to help. A phone call from Christy, her Relief Society president, telling her to come over. She had a surprise for her. So Brittany Lee called me in tears of gratitude. So grateful that every single need that they could possibly have for Christmas has been fulfilled. She said all the little things that she has ever done, all the little extras that she's done to serve someone, don't compare to the amount of service that we get in return. She said she's, she came upon a washer filled with a college student's clothes. Instead of leaving them there, she rewashed them and then dried them and folded them so that when they came to get their clothes, they would see that it was done. She said that they had been sitting in the washer for a couple of days and eventually that young man, whoever he was, was going to run out of clothes and realize, oh, I forgot clothes in there from last week. So she took care of that. Being a, a college apartment assistant manager, she came into the laundromat there in the apartments and discovered these clothes. And she did that little extra to help him. It wasn't very much time, but she wanted to do a little something without him knowing whoever he was. And I hope that he was grateful. It's things like that, that we show the greatest of kindness and love throughout our lives and lift us up. And I, I, I see right here, right now, how those kindnesses are returned. Heavenly Father sees them. 
Elder Cook says, all men may have the gift of love, but charity is bestowed only upon those who are true followers of Christ. There are people who look into the world and blame everything that could be bad on God. An illness, a death, a wayward child, a personal weakness, all unanswered prayers. These can harden our heart. But he will always love us. Our Father in heaven, our Savior, are the perfect examples of charity. He has loved us the most truly. He has loved us first when we have been the least to be loved in that moment of blame and anger and doubt. He has continued to love us. Remember, he thinks of us as delightful. And President Monson says, I have in mind the charity that impels us to be sympathetic, compassionate and merciful, not only in times of sickness and affliction and distress, but also in times of weakness or error in the part of others. I have said this before in other podcasts, we are required to love, but it is easy to love when the person is easy to love, but it is hard to love when the person is hardest to love, but that's when we have to love the most. President Monson says there is a serious need for the charity that gives attention to those who are unnoticed, hope to those who are discouraged, aid to those who are afflicted. True charity is love in action. The need for charity is everywhere. So my two examples of charity was love in action. Pammy coming over to sweep and mop my floor and hold my baby so that I could shower. An anonymous giver blessing my daughter without them knowing the years and years and years of service that she provided to me and to her siblings. That anonymous giver doesn't know those details, but Heavenly Father does. To pity distress is but human. To relieve, it is godlike. Charity is having patience with someone who has let us down. It is resisting the impulse to become offended easily. It is accepting weaknesses and shortcomings. It is accepting accepting people as they truly are, even when they're hard, even in moments where they are difficult. It is looking beyond physical appearances to attributes that will not dim through time. It is resisting the impulse to categorize others. He says, in a hundred small ways, all of us wear the mantle of charity. At times in our life, we all have taken upon the mantle of charity. But the question is, do we take upon it, take charity upon us when it is difficult, when we have cast judgment upon someone unnecessarily, when we don't have all the facts together? Life is perfect for none of us. Rather than being judgmental or critical of each other, may we have the pure love of Christ for our fellow travelers in this journey. May we recognize that each one is doing her best to deal with the challenges which may come her way. And may we strive to do our best to help out. Then we all have friends who 
exhibit the greatest amount of charity and not live a life of blaming God. We all have the same difficulty, difficulties, but we, it's the attitude. It's the attitude that changes the direction. We all suffer tribulation. But as we turn and love others, our love will increase. As we forgive others, forgiveness comes easier. And as we love others, don't you think that we can feel our Father's love? Because we will learn to love ourselves as we more fully love someone else, as we strive to be more kind and gentle and long-suffering. Elder Cook talks about three ways that we can increase the charity that we feel because sometimes you just don't feel it. You just can't put forth any more energy in your day. You are done. You are tapped out. So those three things are to one, recognize his love, receive his love and humility, and convey his love to recognize his love. He says to pray with all the energy of heart for this gift. Do so in meekness with a broken heart and you will be filled with hope and love from the Holy Ghost himself. He will reveal Christ to you. And I know that as we seek to help another person, we may not say the right thing or do just the right thing. At least we don't think so in our mind. But as we seek to help another or to serve someone else, the Spirit, our Father in Heaven, they will fill in those gaps and the person receiving it will recognize the heart and the effort that was put into it. He will help us serve. And two, receive his love and humility. Be grateful for the gift and especially for the giver of the gift. True gratitude is the ability to humbly see and feel and receive love. Gratitude is a form of returning love to God. Recognize his hand. Tell him so. Express your love to him. As you come to truly know the Lord, you will find an intimate, sacred relationship built on trust. You will come to know and understand that he knows you and understands your anguish. Receive it, feel it. It is not enough just to know that God loves you. The gift is to be felt continually, day by day. Look for it. In ways that you can look for it is to repent, remove any worldliness from your life, including anger. Receive a continual remission of your sins and you will bridle all your passions and be filled with his love. And three, convey his love. The Lord's response to us is always filled with love. Should not our response to him be in kind with real feelings of love? He says he gives goodness for grace, attribute for attribute. And as our obedience increases, we receive more grace. For the grace we return to him. Offer him the refinement of your attributes so that when he does appear, you will be like him. Elk Cook says, as a man first immerses his thoughts and loves and conveys those feelings to God, man, or self, a magnified portion of that attribute will surely follow from the Spirit. 
That is true of all godly attributes that we seek for. Righteous feelings are generated by a man seem to precede the increase of those feelings from the Spirit. Unless you are feeling love, you cannot convey true love to others. The Lord has told us to love one another as he loves us. So remember to be loved, truly love. Magnifying that gift from God will bring a new heart, a pure heart and everlasting love and peace as we increasingly think and act like him. The attributes of the natural man will slip away to be replaced by the heart and the mind of Christ. We will become like him and then truly receive him. Moroni 7:47. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever, and whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart. Just as Elder Cook said, those three ways, that we might see how we can be more charitable, that we might offer greater charity and love, that we might look past the imperfections of others and see others as our Savior sees them. That ye may be filled with this love which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. I pray that all of us might intern someone somewhere, light somebody's day, one sparkler at a time, and share this greatest gift of charity. Remember, those phone calls are magical. I've received them. My daughter received them. Who can we reach out to today to offer service and love, surprises, and Christmas kindness? Thank you so much for joining me and may you continue to light someone's world. And if you feel that this has helped you today and it might help some help someone else, I pray that you might share it and that we might help someone come back closer to Christ, especially this Christmas season. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Shari Reynolds. Have a great day.